right, welcome into the first edition of the walkout here in 2020. On here, that podcast, Garland, Paul Eder Jr., and Jay Morrison are here from uh, underneath a walkway next to Paul Brown Stadium. Uh, this one's going to sound a lot like a lot of those that you heard last year. One possession loss, game they could have, should have maybe won, but they didn't. Randy Bullock. It just... It's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It was. It was last year in Seattle. We talked about a game where the defense played really well. They could have, should have won. And Randy Bullock missed a huge kick. I mean, any of this sound familiar yeah. to you? That's what it was. They had three. They had the ball in Seattle territory three times. It was what a uh, an interception, a turnover on downs, and a missed field goal. And that was the same thing today. They had chances, and this, you know, if if you see Randy Bullock lined up for forty to longer, you're thinking, oh, you know, this this would be worst case scenario. He misses this, but a thirty one, you're like, that's that's a gimme. It's automatic. It was. It just never crossed anyone's mind. And then it was just such a weird situation uh, kudos to randy for talking to us after the game um he was the last one they put on the zoom call really kind of surprised all of us but he said his his leg grabbed right as he was going in to swing it and he, he said no excuses but obviously that's an excuse it's you that's a hard kick to make if you have an injury in the middle of that swing how that happens uh, I, I mean, who know, I don't know. How, who knows how anything like that happens? I mean, it's, it's impossible that in that moment that that would happen. But you saw it. Like, if you watched it, I mean, I, I remember looking up thinking, like, before I even looked at whether he made it or not, I was like, he looked like he got hurt on that kick because you could see it immediately in his motion, especially from the side. I don't think the TV copy does it justice as much. It looks like he kind of kicks it almost like normal, but you can see him like really have a nasty reaction on his way back when, when we watched it live and he misses the kick. That being, let's try to go beyond the absurdity of them missing that kick and not forcing overtime. Who knows what would have happened in overtime? Let's talk about all that really mattered today. And that was how Joe Burrow played. And Joe Burrow played in, in many respects like a rookie in his first game. He had some mistakes. He had some throws he'd like to have back. He was not helped out all the time by his offensive line in the first half and by his receivers in the second, particularly John Ross. And that ends up really burning him. But all that said, everything that went wrong, you know, many opportunities that we can get into. He had the ball inside his own 20 with a chance to drive them down. You know, what What was it? Three minutes? Two minutes? A little more. It was about 240. I 240. And they're out here running five wide receivers. And Burrow is just seven of ten, I think. Whatever he ended up, seven, ten, fifty-nine yards. Oh, yeah. He was just... He was moving them, and, and they had it. And guess what? They did have – there is an alternate universe that you can enter into right now where they don't call an OPI in a questionable spot. I mean, we're not going to question whatever. I mean, it, there was a push there. There's a lot of grabbing going on. But there's an alternate universe where they don't call that, and A.J. Green catches that. And what is the narrative around Joe Burrow right now? The savior. We're – the construction workers are already up here. They're like chiseling his chin in the bronze. 
That's not what it is. Instead, we're going to be lamenting all the mistakes. But what he showed at the end, and really the drive before that, before the shovel pass gone wrong, I think was, dare I say, and I hate to like talk about encouraging things in a loss, but we're judging Joe Burrow. That at the end was more impressive than any of his mistakes were concerning. Yeah, and you look at it, it was, at one point I said to you on that two-minute drive, it's like, Joe Mixon is standing next to A.J. Green on the sideline. I mean, he was getting it done with throwing passes to Mike Thomas and C.J. CJ Uzama, and, and he wasn't relying on, you know, the, the A.J. Greens to, to get it done. And it was just, it just, it had that feeling of inevitability when he got the ball back and they started moving down the field. They're at midfield by the two-minute warning, and you're like, well, all they got to do is get another 25 yards or in field goal range, plenty of time to get to even get a touchdown. Um, it was just, it, that's what you want to see. You know, he's not going to be perfect as a rookie in his first start, but we talked about this all the time. That's the ideal scenario. He gets the ball late in the game down and he leads them. And that's exactly what happened. And I mean, you got to feel for him. I, I, I tweeted out the picture. I'm sure everyone's seen it on Twitter, but that look on his face after Randy missed the kick, it's just, I, I mean, here's a guy that's not used to losing anyhow, not surely not losing in that fashion. And uh, I, I think Bengal fans kind of grown accustomed to that, but it was a shock to Joe Burrow, but it's not a moral victory. It's, it's what you expected from that guy. And yeah, Maybe you expect more from him earlier in the game to, to make that deep throw to, to A.J. Green and not overthrow him as bad as he did. But, again, game one for a rookie quarterback against a really good pass rush. He said he wanted to get hit. He got hit, and it he he shook it off. That's what we've seen him do all throughout his college career. You, you knock him down, he gets right back up, and he comes back, and, and he hits you with a deep pass or a key first down, and he did that over and over again third and tens he's completing to extend drives they weren't great on third down but he, he made some really impressive throws on third down to keep drives going yeah as, as far as I mean you know you've got you've got a couple of different plays that you pinpoint I mean look again what are we talking about in this all in the alternate universe if John Ross can catch you know I mean how differently where Joe Burrow throws a dime to Ross in the back of the end zone. And, it, you know, I would like to see a different angle that maybe somebody has from that end zone because really everything even we saw in the TV copy, it looks like it goes right through his hands. I would love to know if there was something other than that that happened there. It did not look like it. And maybe the All-22 will show something when we get a look at that. But, you know, it's like the John Ross story, right? Like, he uses the burst of speed to extend, and there he is, and the ball's right there, and it goes right through his hands. Or he has a juggle on the sideline that forces him into a longer conversion, or he has a false start. And that stuff is just I – mean, that stuff that cost them where they didn't have the time for the extra shots. They had to kick. They didn't give Burrow another shot to throw the game winner. They needed one second. If they there's eight <laughs> seconds, yes. I think you can take that shot. At seven, you, you have to kick the field goal there. Yeah, because they put themselves in a position – um, you know, be, it taking a few extra steps it took because of things like that. You know, and, and Burrow has the ball. It's a third and two. He could have taken we, – we talked about this in the first scrimmage. Uh, or no, it wasn't a scrimmage. It was whatever it was. It was one of the scrimmage-type things, practice-type things. Burrow driving down, end of practice, game on the line. He has a third and short 
passes on the open one that would be the third down conversion to take his shot and give his guy a chance. He did that today to A.J. Green, one-on-one on third and two, and couldn't they couldn't complete it. He underthrows it a little bit. A.J. said he needed to separate a little bit more on that one. And But that aggression, I like that aggression, but the execution not quite being there. He had a scramble drill for A.J. Green that he wasn't able to complete. A.J. kind of said we were just a tick off on that. Yeah. That's chemistry. That's first-game chemistry type stuff when you've not really, really even practiced with Green, who ended up really being his primary target most of the day, maybe more so than I anticipated. Um, I just, I look at it and I feel like we're, this season's about Joe Burrow and this season is about judging Joe Burrow. And today was about the foundation that he sets. I come away pretty encouraged by it. I think you know, to take all those hits and you're seeing ghosts probably a little bit after that and, and still be able to make some big plays. Um, it was far from perfect, but I think it was an encouraging debut for him. Yeah, because it wasn't just the hits he took in the pocket. He ran the ball quite a bit, too. I mean, his first touchdown as a, as a, a quarterback draw that he checked into. He called that audible, middle of the field's wide open, and he scores. But, yeah, he, he had several runs where he got popped a few times, too. And it was just, again, he one of the – things that people should be most encouraged about is he gives himself a D grade in this game. And you, know, you, you take in the whole degree of difficulty with it's a, it's a really good D line. It's his first ever game. He hasn't had a off season, all that, that we've talked about nonstop leading up to this game. He played pretty well. And I, I just, I know fans hate moral victories, but you, you, you have to outside of the miss kick and them losing this game, you have to be encouraged by what he showed in his first chance to, to prove he was worth that number one overall pick. Yeah, he ends up with a uh, Bengals growler bet alert, ends up with a passer rating of 66.1, uh, 193 yards. He, he barely had any yards in the first half because he couldn't drive. I mean, he could not drop back without getting pummeled. I mean, there was one play, it was a zone read where Mixon and Burrow both got buried into the turf because guys were back there so fast. Bobby Hart couldn't block anything. You know, I mean, it was just Bosa and Tillery and, and Melvin Ingram were just back there constantly. And Linville Joseph, I mean, it was just – he had three sacks and six quarterback hits and about, um, what, I think about 16 dropbacks in the first half. Credit the line in the second half was much better. They ran the ball a little more consistently. They gave Burrow time more consistently. And then you saw him able to move the ball and take shots. And they just, you know, they couldn't finish once they got the ball down the field because they missed them. They missed the the throw to Green, the throw to Ross, the shovel pass to Geo, all basically end drives that should have been, you know, either touchdowns or, or better, you know, or, you know, some sort of scoring if, if, if at all, not having the turnover kills you. Um, yeah, Burrow after the game, he gives himself a D. I mean, he 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 talked through every mistake that he made and looked like a dude who was just beating himself up endlessly over it. Like you said, a guy who hasn't lost in a long time, and if, you know, and a legendary type competitiveness. So you see how he bounces back. But I point to the last drive. AJ Green afterwards talking about man, it was un- like almost kind. Of, I wouldn't say in awe. Like I'm not gonna say that. But A.J. Green, his tone talking about his amazement in Joe Burrow's poise on that last drive, I thought spoke more volumes than any word we heard over the entire postgame press conferences. The word was unbelievable. Yeah. That he said that the way Joe 
performed and handled himself in that final. And, and AJ uses the word unbelievable a lot, but I, you're right. The way he said it, the way he kind of lit up at that question, and it was a lot. Jonah Williams talked about it too, is that they just had this confidence when they got the ball and they're at their, where were they, the 17 or the 18 yard line with two plus to go. And they just had a feeling they weren't going to get it done. And they did. They converted a third and 10. He made a big pass to Tyler Boyd. Uh, they had, they were stuck in that third and eight because of the John Ross penalty. They converted that one. It was just, there, there was so much to be encouraged by, um, even though everybody in that locker room is, is no more, no one more than Randy Bullock. But there's, I'm sure that sting, we, we started this podcast by talking about the, the parallels. I, I don't. I don't think that sting was there in Seattle last year. This one really hurts, and it's almost good news that it's a Thursday game coming up because they just get to put it behind them that much quicker. Yeah, I mean, this was a game that was winnable. They should have won. Tyrod Taylor's not very good. That San, that L.A. offense is just had, leaves a lot to be desired. They were able to run it down their throats. I will say this, though. Encouraged by the linebacker play, Yes. I think we were really concerned, as we should be, and anybody that's watched the Bengals for the last 12 decades, I don't know, from whenever, classically, had a good linebacker, perfect. I mean, what that was going to look like with Hunter, with Hunter Henry and Austin Eckler, and I'll be damned, I mean, they, their nickel package was just the two rooks. It was, yes. it was Davis Gaither and Logan Wilson out there together. That was their nickel, and... Credit those guys, you know, they had their moments, but you didn't feel like they were totally getting gashed there. There were plays, but they didn't feel like they were totally getting gashed. And Josh Bynes was great. Josh Bynes, you know, in so many big moments, looked like a really good linebacker there for the making them tackles in space. You know, the pass rush looked a little bit to be desired. The defensive backfield was really fantastic. William Jackson had a great game. Mackenzie Alexander had a great game. There were a lot of passes where Tyrod Taylor threw it, and you're like, is he throwing it away, or is he bad, or was it just good coverage? Like, what's happening? But I think a lot of it was it's good coverage, and I think that that's super encouraging as well when you're talking about where this team is at defensively. Yeah, I mean, it was it was what you would expect from a veteran quarterback to live for the next play. And, you know, Darius Phillips, got he got burned on the, the P.I. on that one, but he played well, too, I thought. I mean, he was giving up a lot of size to Mike Williams, and, and they – Mike Williams didn't kill him. Keenan Allen didn't kill him. I mean, Keenan Allen was really a non-factor in this game. Well, I mean, what did he – he had five catches. But it just – none of them seemed like they were big. The, you mentioned Josh Bynes. I mean, first and goal at the two, and he gets a tackle for loss on first down, and that's that sets everything up where they hold him to a field goal. Um, just so much to be encouraged by, even though – it's not like a broken record, but even though they lost, um, there is a lot to be encouraged by. And it was – the, the, the big plays like the the play that Hunter Henry had right before the end of the first half that led to a score, that was a miscommunication. They just left him wide open, and he ran up the sideline for 33 yards. It wasn't the, the guys running wide open in the middle of the field because no one could keep up with them, that kind of problem that we've seen in the past. It, it, it feels like Wilson and, and Davis Gaither, those guys, they, they stuck with the running backs. They stuck with the tight ends. Uh, it, it wasn't great, but again, rookies first performance, and it was far and above what we were used to seeing these last couple of years. So that's something to be encouraged by as well. Yeah, you wonder how much of the offensive line's terribleness in the first half was not quite being prepared for what LA brings at first game and all of that stuff. New group, 
how much of and then how much it was are they going to be second half offensive line this year where you can see how they can move the ball and hold up a little bit or is this going to be where games are going to look like this where they're going to have quarters and halves maybe full games where they're just a dumpster fire up front um Curious to see how that plays out, but at least they did. I mean, no sacks in the second half. Burrow was able to drop back and, and kind of throw it. So the two big weaknesses, I think, give you some hope to believe that they won't be, you know, what they have been in years past. But again, time time will tell. You never know, game to game, what can happen. The bottom line is, it's it's a loss, an unbelievable one, and Bengals fans just get kicked in the gut again over and over again it's just like it, it gets it gets old but um you know turn it around on thursday and they go to cleveland and and find a way to uh you know play the next game that's all there's to it and cleveland is not dealing with a little bit of a sting they've yeah. got to be questioning everything right now after that that performance against baltimore today uh, I, I, I tweeted it out. The Bengals have been 35-2 and two in their last 37 games when they held the opponent to six points or less through three quarters, and it's 35-3 and three now. <laughs> I should have never tweeted. I don't believe in jinxes, but, yeah, maybe maybe that's a stat you save until after the game. <laughs> Jay's always got stats, even ones that break your heart. And then really, uh, Randy, by the way, I don't think ever had a non-blocked field goal of 31 or closer mm-hmm. in his entire career. It was basically when you break down, if you're counting extra points, which is our basically that range at 33, he was at 31 and what he's done in his career, it's basically about a 97% job. Yeah. I mean, at what Randy has been, it's about a 97% for his career. Uh, and uh, he gagged it. I was like you, I saw him hurt and I thought, what did they run into him? There's no flag. I mean, surely he must've got, cause I was watching the ball. I didn't see, and just the way he was reacting, he was so hurt that it was you. It felt like he got run into, and there was no flag. And then you go back and you watch the replay, and you could you could tell that it was as soon as he kicked the ball. I mean, he didn't even watch the ball. He just kind of went halfway down. And then when he was coming off the field, it looked a couple times like he was he was gonna go down, and like you would in a normal case, and let trainers come out. And it was almost like his pride took her. He didn't want to make it look like he was making an excuse by going down, and he kind of fought through it and walked off the field. But just crazy ending. You just it's That's why I said this This team is the embodiment of Murphy's Law. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's uh, no doubt about that. All right, well, that's uh, that's our walkout. First under the bridge walkout. Uh, uh, maybe, this, maybe this will be our new weirdo spot that we'll uh, – that we'll do as the year goes by. Uh, so anyway, hope everybody enjoyed. We will be back. So Tuesday this week with uh, the main podcast, and then we'll have a walkout again on Thursday. So no growler this week, um, but uh, we will uh, hope to have, I think we're going to have Zach Jack- Jackson from Cleveland uh, on Tuesday. So make sure you check that pod out. And of course, hope you read all of our stuff going on uh, on the site right now in case you didn't know one dollar a month offer going on right now so make sure if you're not a subscriber you've been thinking about it you want to read all the stuff all season long that hopefully doesn't involve the kicker gagging from 31 uh make sure you come on subscribe um this is the best time to do it uh so we would love to have you on and if you are a subscriber thanks hope you're all enjoying all the new features on the new app all our real-time stuff and uh, front page and everything else that we've done to improve it. Uh, and if you are wondering where the actual podcast button is on the app now, it's in your little face thing in the very top left. Click on the button that is your file. There's a thing under it that says podcasts. 
click on it there. You see podcasts. It's in your file now. So just go right in there and you'll see all your podcasts in that spot. I, they moved it. Uh, so some people were asking about where it's at now. That's where it's at in case you're listening to this and you're like, I want to listen on the app, but I couldn't find it. That's where. Anyway, thanks everybody for listening. We will uh, talk to you on Tuesday and uh, have a good one, everybody. Bye.